Listener beware. No Time to Game is a podcast chock full with spoilers. If your intent is to play this game and you don't wish the ending to be spoiled, turn back now. And then come back when you're done and let's talk about it. Welcome to No Time to Game, a quest for game-life balance where we play and talk about short games, indie games, and anything else that doesn't demand you sacrifice your relationships or have to hear your alarm go off before you've gone to bed. I'm Devin, and I just don't have the hundreds of hours anymore to play MMOs, open-world games, and loot grinds. And I'm Josh, and I'm going to need people to stop making video games for a bit because I can't keep up. I'm not even trying. This month I played Ukulele and Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. That is two games, by the way. Uh, both developed by Playtonic and published by Team 17 Digital Limited. These were a throwback to the 2D and 3D platformers of the 90s, following a cute lizard and bat power duo in their quest to collect a bunch of feathers and pages and overthrow the tyrant capital B, I guess. But before we get into that too much, Josh, what have you been playing or doing? I feel like I haven't talked to, talked to you <laughs> in months. It's been a while. I've been uh, playing the shit out of Hades for the last, I don't know, few weeks. Um, well, you told which me is about a, that before, didn't you? Yeah, I was really looking forward to this one. It's a, it's a roguelike um, game where you play as the son of Hades trying to battle your way out of the underworld. Mm. And uh, you get it. Uh, the way it works where it's a roguelike, you kind of are going through these few levels, but each run is a little bit different. When you die, you kind of start over and try again. And uh, the way that they kind of shake it up is you get boons from the other, like, gods of Olympus. So you might, you know, find a boon from Zeus that gives you, like, lightning powers. And these could be on, uh, you know, different attacks that you have or your dash move could lightning people or whatever. Um, So there's, like, I don't know, six or seven probably different uh gods that you can get boons from and then there's six different weapons you can get and each of the weapons have four different forms and so there's a lot of variety uh and it's just like it's incredibly fun um it's one of those games that people were talking about like crazy when it came out and you're like all right like i get it it's good i get it you know stop going on about it and then you Mm. play it and you're like oh i need to go talk about it for 10 years because it is actually just that good is it too addictive for me to play uh i don't think so i i've spent quite a bit of time but it's nice because it's a roguelike you can kind of do one run here and there i find Mm. a run takes somewhere between like 30 minutes to an hour okay um so anytime i have sort of an hour to spare that's what i've been doing i've just been popping down hades and doing a run um but it, it has kept me up a little later than i've been meaning to stay up a few nights in the past couple weeks so sure i don't know if i'd recommend it or not okay i mean i you know i, I need to fill that uh, enter the gungeon void ever since i stopped playing that i've, I've kind of craved yeah. the same style so another roguelike might be might be just what i need yeah this is a, a great replacement for that oh cool Um, what about you other than playing ukulele have you been playing anything over the summer um i was playing darksiders 3 for a while earlier in the summer before things got crazy um and uh just very recently i picked up shadow of mordor again um and i've been re-enjoying that um we had talked about that uh recently that you were playing that and i took your advice and i'm playing it differently than i did last time where i was just 
I mean, normally with these games, I power through to get story. Like I want all the story, but now that I've done that, I'm just uh, going for like and trying to trying to uh, brand all of the uh, war chiefs and all of their bodyguards and like just doing all kinds of uh, just building my army bigger and bigger to see how that turns out. And so far, it's been a lot of fun. I haven't really had a ton of time, but um, but when I've had a free moment, I've been getting on there and doing that, and it's been yeah. a lot of fun. That's a good game for that because it's nice and relaxing, and you can play for like just a little bit and you know brand a few orcs and shut it off and you don't feel too addicted that you need to go back to it oh exactly yeah that's exactly what i need and that is uh, what i'm getting from that game right now nice it's been great um before we go into talking about ukulele uh we should maybe go over a bit of housekeeping stuff um in the last episode we said we'd be back in two to four weeks and then we were going to go back to our two-week schedule uh turns out life didn't get less busy Mm -hmm. so here we are at four weeks uh and i think we're gonna stick to the four weeks uh for the foreseeable future anyway yeah um which means that you are gonna get off a little easy on the halloween stuff i was preparing to give you but uh, i'm still gonna give you a little mini couple of halloween episodes after this one uh so it won't be won't be quite as spooky but we'll uh we'll like build you up and free. yeah maybe we'll have sort of a you know a halloween in the winter or something as well i don't know that sounds scary <laughs> i'll mix them in sprinkle them in here and there okay all right well uh yeah i mean life's busy that's what this is all about so we got to keep that balance and if that balance means we stretch it out a little bit then that's what we got to do yeah so we'll we'll try and hit every four weeks going forward um so you can still keep an eye out we will still be doing them um but just not quite as often Mm -hmm. definitely uh so let's dive into ukulele um so we played two games here uh i think we'll just kind of talk about them both at the same time um both of them like you said you're you're uh platforming and kind of collecting things uh but the first one was sort of a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie where it was that 3D kind of uh, platforming and collectible, collectathon, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it, it was really similar with the characters, you know, being animals and instead of voice acting, they had grunts and squawks and, you know, the, the moves of uh, ukulele <laughs> were similar <laughs> to Banjo. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I guess we should say to the characters are named yuka and Laylee. that's where the uh title comes from similar yeah, to banjo kazooie that's right lizard lizard is yuka and uh, and that is Laylee. um so this game was yeah it was sort of uh broken up into levels um if any anybody that played these kind of games on the nintendo 64 would be very familiar like a like banjo kazooie donkey kong uh, 64 mario 64 like those types of platformers Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bunch of different levels that you could go in and you'd earn more moves and, and then you could unlock more levels and, and there was an overworld you could run around in and all those uh, staples of the Nintendo 64. Yeah, I didn't play a ton. I did play a little bit of Banjo-Kazooie, not a ton of it. 
Um, but I did play the heck out of uh, Mario 64, and this reminded me a lot of that, where, yes, those are the overworld, and you're going into, in I mean, in ukulele, you're going into these books, but, uh, I mean, Mar- in Mario 64, you're jumping into the paintings and going into the different worlds, and it was, you know, it was, there was a lot of similarities um, between the two. Um, and I, I did, uh, you know, it brought me back. I did like that, that feature. That yeah, I think... I think they were going for a nostalgia thing with this big time because mm-hmm. it it is a genre that you don't see much anymore. Um, typically, it's sort of smaller indie games I find now that, that kind of try and do this. Uh, but this one was also unique because it was made by a bunch of people who used to work for Rare in the 90s, Rare being the company that made Banjo-Kazooie and, and Donkey Kong and all those mm-hmm. uh, classics back then. Uh, so it was it was sort of a bunch of industry veterans that, you know, you can kind of see that influence in this in a way that you don't with most modern platformers like this. Oh, yeah, definitely. You could, uh, you know, I mean, you could easily see the uh, the rare influences. Yeah, even, um, you know, the the people that did the music and and like the artists and level designers and stuff i think were all people who had worked on banjo kazooie oh that's Um, cool so yeah anyone that's a fan of banjo kazooie would would probably like this game uh which actually added a lot to the hype of this game because they did this as a uh, kickstarter originally i don't know if you remember that not really no um it apparently was the most funded uk video game kickstarter ever <laughs> uh, it like blew away the goals and stuff like I, I remember when they were first showing this off and people were pumped for this game oh, uh, wow. which you know is a bit of a double-edged sword i think because it got them their kickstarter backing but also like you know nostalgia is a powerful thing to live up to yeah the pressure would have been on yeah i think if somebody made banjo kazooie today and it like didn't already exist i don't think it would be as popular as it is oh no without those those goggles so i think it you know that that was good and bad for this game this this game was it came out it was good it was relatively well received but i don't know that it quite lived up to the hype that you know of the most funded kickstarter (laughs) no no it's very hard to live up to expectation and uh and often things don't which is you know just the reality of life yeah. <laughs> so after after that, they put out a sequel, um, but this time they didn't go for the 3D kind of platformer. They went for a 2D platformer, uh, more like Donkey Kong Country. I think that was kind of the, the big influence on this one. Um, and again, it was a bunch of the same devs that would have worked on Donkey Kong Country. Uh, so you can see those influences there and kind of the move set and the way that the you have two characters and all those things mm-hmm yeah um honestly yeah i mean i played i played that one first um and i didn't play it a ton of it but uh then i played the uh this the first one second um and uh i didn't think of donkey kong country when i was playing it um but uh, i mean obviously now that you've brought it up it is near identical to to that or to those games and I played a lot of Donkey Kong Country, like uh, I recently actually, because I have uh, one of those uh, Super Nintendo. What do they call them? The classic. The classic. That's right. Yes. 
Nice. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country is just fantastic. It's um, a fantastic game. Yeah. I liked those 3D kind of platformers well enough, but I was definitely much more into the 2D ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I only played Banjo-Kazooie. I, I probably played it a little bit as a kid, but I only really gave it a good go as an adult. And uh, so it doesn't really hold that same level of nostalgia for me. So I actually found the first game, I, I kind of lost interest pretty quickly. It was it was good, but it, you know, it, with these games, they come at a time where there's so many games out there that I don't have the time to spend just collecting things like I would have, you know, in 1996 or mm-hmm. whenever that would have been. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I I preferred the first one um to a to a certain extent. I di- I didn't necessarily love either of these games, which we'll get to, but um I I really liked uh the first one um just because it brought me back to the hundreds of hours that I spent playing Mario 64. <laughs> um and I you know, I kind of like a more open world I mean, it wasn't open world, but you know, you can explore more and, mm-hmm. and find different things rather than the, there's been a lot of great 2d games. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I guess, you know, just on those couple of days I was playing it, I was preferring, uh, the 3d style. Yeah. I think the 3d is definitely sort of a more chill experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had an issue with that one too, where, I played it right after I played Mario Odyssey, which oh. is, you know, the most recent Mario game on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And that game was just so, so good. And it made this game seem bad in comparison, that's, I think. Yeah, that's tough. So I, I think that was a big part of why I lost interest because, it you know, with these types of games, I find if you're going to be just running around and jumping a lot, you want that to be really fun. Like the movement should be fun. And Mario Odyssey absolutely nailed that. I don't know if you played that at all, but it was the one I where you had Mario throws his hat. I've seen so many videos hat of it. Yeah. It but, was just doing nothing in that game was fun. Like you could just <laughs> jump around, bounce off walls, and it was just a good time. And then playing this, it felt a little bit clunky. Oh, sure. In it comparison. was definitely clunky. Yeah. So I think if I wouldn't have played them kind of in that order, I would have probably liked this more. Um, and th- this game has been on my list of games to go back to for a long time. I just never seem to quite find the time to do it. Yeah, the fo- the time or, or the, you know, the desire. Yeah, well, that and that's the problem, you know, that there's so many new games coming out and so many games coming to Game Pass all the time that catch my interest that my backlog never seems to really get touched. Yeah, well... It's that's the world that we live in. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, it's. I mean, it would be very tough to be a game developer um, in 2021. Yeah, it's a crowded market. Very crowded. So <laughs> much going on. So many different types of games. Uh, did you ever play Donkey Kong 64? You know, I don't think I did. There was uh, like four or five different characters you could play as. And it was basically a big banana collecting spree. Um, and each character had their own like sort of movement things. I think Diddy had a jet pack and, you know, there was a couple other things you could do. Like one of them could go in certain areas that the other ones couldn't and things like that. Um, and I actually played a lot more of that than I played of probably Banjo-Kazooie. But uh, 
and and you know i i think of it quite favorably but i don't think it's remembered very fondly by mm. most people i think it didn't hold up very well yeah no i it doesn't sound familiar to me at all i'm not sure i ever got into got into that i was doing other things on the 64 um mostly mario based games and pokemon based games yeah i did do a lot of that but uh donkey kong 64 came i think bundled with the n64 expansion pack oh if you remember that it was like a thing you popped into the top of your nintendo and i think it gave it more ram or something yeah i don't think i had it but i do remember it yeah so it was you know must have been the most uh technological achievement game of the year or something or of the of the uh console because it required a, a expansion pack to beef up your system a little bit additional ram yeah yeah but uh yeah that that that's one that i kind of remember playing a lot more of but there was so many of those kind of games on the nintendo 64 like that was the popular genre at the time yeah that was that was all there was i mean not all there was but that was there was definitely a lot a lot of that 3d uh, platformer going on yeah everyone th- was trying it yeah I, th- I think um the other thing too with that is like back then at least for people our age you know you you got whatever games your parents bought you and you got one every couple of months maybe or whatever like you'd get it for a birthday or something so these long collectathon type games were kind of awesome because you could play it for three months yep and and it it was long and tedious but now, you know, for the same reason, I, I don't get back to my backlog. I don't want to spend that much time collecting things anymore. No, we've matured our, our yeah. gaming, um, you know, styles and desires have, have changed. Um, and yeah, no, I have no, I have no time for that anymore. Yeah. And it's the same reason I struggle with games like Skyrim and stuff where it's just like, yep. you know, I like them, but it's like hundreds of hours and i'm just like oh there's so many other things to play like Mm -hmm. i can't just keep playing this forever no no i want to try different stuff i don't want to spend the rest of my gaming career playing skyrim yeah (laughs) which is what Uh, it would be yeah yeah well you pretty much can um i mean i've played a lot of skyrim i've played many hours of skyrim um and oblivion i've played a lot of oblivion but uh but yeah no i mean i didn't even scratch the surface yeah and at least with those games it's not just sending you on sort of tedious quests to collect the same things it's at least there's some semblance of story and Mm -hmm. interesting stuff going on so i i find um i don't know i just don't have the patience for this um i have heard though a lot of good things about another game called hat and time or hat and time it came out i think around the same time as this and, and i saw it a lot coming up in the um reviews and stuff people saying you know go play that instead and, and stuff mm. like that and i've heard really good things about that so that's another game that's sort of in this genre that i think i haven't played it but i think it did really well and everyone seemed to really like it do you know who developed that i think it was a smaller like indie team but i'm not sure it's you, um you say it's hat and time a hat in time it's oh, called a hat in time yeah interesting title yeah, I think there's even a second one coming out or it may have already released. Um, but, the, you know, there's still a market for these types of games. Uh, but you don't, you definitely don't see them nearly as much as we used to. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I guess they're trying to, uh, there's, there's not quite as much congestion in that, um, specific, uh, genre. So they're trying to, you know, get us, get all our ni- us nineties kids um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> to get back yeah, I, on the bandwagon. Yeah. I wonder about that too. Like, you know, are, are people who were born after the nineties even interested in these kinds of games at all? Or, you know, is it just boring to I, them? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I mean, a lot of what, let's th- like, what are a, a lot of the games that kids or even like 20 somethings are playing these days or, you know, Fortnite or battle Royale style or, um, you know, I don't even know if, if pretend I know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's Rocket definitely League, seems, <laughs> yeah, GTA. there's a lot more action in those kinds of games yeah. for sure. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to see if, you know, if this, these kind of games only ever do well with people in their thirties and forties or I don't know. We should find out. <laughs> do a poll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you said you liked the first one better. Um, I kind of liked the second one better. Uh, I actually thought the second one was pretty fun. I, again, I kind of lost interest, but it was, Again, something I did to myself where I was playing like four games at the time and this came to Game Pass and I was like, I'll just try it out to see what it's all about. And then I played it for like a couple days, beat a few levels, and then started playing something else and just never quite got back to it. Yeah, it's that type of game for me anyway. Yeah, but I think it's kind of, it's okay for that. Like it fills that void of like, if you just want something to do and you got an hour here and there or whatever, like it's a game that you could easily put down and pick back up and whatever. It's not really a huge like skill based game that you need to, you know, practice, get good at, and then beat before you sort of lose that muscle memory. Oh no. I mean, it definitely, um, while it may not have been my favorite or your favorite game, it definitely fits within our criteria Mm -hmm. uh, of being, uh, you know, a non-addictive, not that it's, you know, non-addictive because it's bad. It's not, I wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but you know, it's just not my favorite style, but it is not addictive. It's not, it's easy to, it's easy to pick up and put down. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cute little game. Yeah. It did do some pretty cool stuff too. Like, um, I, I always love a 2d game that has an overworld. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get super far into this, but what I did, you know, there were secrets in the overworld and things that you could do and like you could open up paths and stuff. And I really liked that. Um, there was lots of secrets in the levels. Um, <clears throat> I find that a little bit tedious, I think more than interesting. Yes. Uh, but that's a problem, not just with this game, you know, with, with modern Donkey Kong games, I kind of have the same issue. Um, they had like tonics you could unlock, which gave you abilities for the levels you were playing and stuff. Uh, I don't think you know, I ever put a tonic on. I'm not sure I ever took the time to figure out how. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they were necessary. I think they were kind of just little buffs and things that you could get. Um, but you know, it was there was a lot going on in this game. It, it was a pretty cool game, far as you know the the additions they had to just being a 2d platformer um but again it just it didn't quite hold me over as much as you know some other games that i've played 
you know, other recent 2D games. Like I say, the, the modern Donkey Kong games um, that Nintendo's been putting out, I find are more fun than this and a sort of better successor to Donkey Kong than this is as a spiritual successor. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Mario games that, that Nintendo puts out, I find are more fun. And uh, like games that I've been playing in the last couple of years that I've really liked for sort of 2D platformers are the Rayman games which I guess are starting to get a little old now. I don't know when the last one was released, um, but I don't know if you've ever played those. No, Rayman. They're really fun. There, there was a couple that came out, I think, around the Xbox 360 and, and Xbox One era, um, and the, the first one was, was decent, but the second one I, I really liked a lot. It had these kind of speed run levels that would play music as you went along and you were you know collecting things and just it was another one of those intro uh, of those things where it was just fun to play <clears throat> excuse me it was fun to play uh and just jump around and you know the movement and stuff just felt good uh mm. which is just something that i i never really felt with either of these ukulele games no again they felt clunky like you didn't f- i wish i wish that they felt like you could do more like you know i wish I felt like the the bat lately should have given me a bit more of a lift. Like when I yeah, I, I agree. felt like there could have been a glide even um, with the wings. They didn't use those wings at all. Um, like I didn't just felt like I couldn't do that much. It was like jump yeah. on things to to kill them. Well, that's you know a classic, um, you know classic move. And then you have a dash, and that's about it. Yeah, I think in the first game at least you probably unlock a lot of stuff in later levels because that's how it kind of worked in banjo kazooie but i just never really played it long enough to see if that's the case and i think if you know you got to kind of hook me in early because if it if it's going to take a while to get fun i'm just not going to give it that amount of time no i'm not going to get there Um, and then the second one i don't think you got any abilities as you went on it just had sort of your basic platforming abilities where you could you know roll and jump and i think there was an attack that you could do but it just yeah i don't know they were both like solid games that just didn't quite do it for me yep yeah I'm, we're on the same page with this one and I, I find too just you know modern 2d games are tough as well um it's it's hard to get it right it's hard to play them on modern controllers a lot of the time uh, with you know, with the thumbstick instead of the D-pad, and modern controllers don't have great D-pads like you had on you know your Super Nintendo or whatever. Right. Uh, so all these things just it just makes it kind of a tough market. So you, you really need you really need a hook, I think, with a two D platformer these days to really make it stand out. Yeah, and this and uh, this one for me just didn't have that hook. Yeah, or no, these I, these ones, I suppose. Yeah, I felt the same way. And like you said, you know, I, I wouldn't say these games were bad. They were both good. Um, they just weren't good enough to hold my interest in a sea of exceptional games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, oh. Sorry about <laughs> so that. We, we said last week we were going to try and find something that, you know, we weren't just going to give tens to. So last this is month, it. This I think is, is what you mean. But yeah. yes, last <laughs> three months ago, three whenever months that ago, was. Whenever. Um. So the, yeah, this is it, I guess. Uh, you know, this is probably about as critical as we're going to get uh, about a game. 
uh, still liked it, but wished it was better. Is yeah, us being harsh. That's as harsh as we get here uh, on no time. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like I always say, I don't have. The whole point is that I don't have time to play, and I'm, I don't want to spend that precious time uh, playing a game that I don't, you know, I'm not crazy about. So, yeah, exactly, and you know, that's good. It's good to find that out too, and and you know, maybe some people who really like this game or the, these genres, I guess, will play this and love it, and some people who are on the fence maybe will not and go play Ori in the Blind Forest instead. <laughs> That was a good one. Uh, anything else you want to say about either of those before we jump into Steam reviews? Uh, not really. No, I don't have anything Anything else. I let's, think we covered it. Let's move on. Pretty well. Um, so, like I said, both of these did pretty well in the reviews. Um, you know, they, they Steam just sort of does a positive-negative thing, and they both were primarily positive. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of stuff, like I said, people saying, you know, you should go play Hat in Time instead. Uh, there was a lot of people saying things like, I wish I was playing Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> um, there was one person who said, snakes would not wear shorts like that. Which is, uh, a, you know, a review that you would not understand unless you played. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I saw that part. Yeah. I played long enough to see the snake wearing the shorts. Um it's no way to describe it. It's just weird. <laughs> that's that's something we didn't really talk about. The the characters in this game were were, you know, pretty, pretty great. Ridiculous. It was yeah. like just animals wearing clothes and just you know acting like humans and and whatever. Um, I believe the snake's name was Trouser because I think that was supposed to be a joke about a trouser snake. Yes, it, he was Trouser. He was a salesman. Uh, he was like a shady salesman, and he was always trying to, uh, you know pulling over on you and he was the one that talked like just like a 50s gangster or something and he hey we wore he wore a bowler hat most of the time (laughs) yeah so yeah that that was something that was really carried over from that banjo kazooie sort of spiritual successor kind of thing where they they brought a lot of weird strange animals into the game and gave them really weird voice acting mm-hmm. um, but that's that's something that i actually really liked about this game it was you know it was cute it was sort of nostalgic for that time but obviously with much better graphics and stuff it, i feel like they did really good a really good job with the character design yeah the dialogue was you know pretty funny if you were reading it yeah both these games were pretty light-hearted yeah. you know humorous games they weren't they weren't trying to take themselves too seriously for sure oh, oh no definitely um another another review i saw that i liked said this brings me back to the days when we had to blow on games to make them work 10 out of 10 <laughs> oh do you remember that <laughs> I, I this is probably you know old news to everybody but i i read recently somewhere probably on twitter that apparently the action of taking them out and putting them back in was what actually made them work no. and blowing on them actually just added moisture that probably caused corrosion and made them not work in the oh long run oh my god i spent <laughs> i spent so much time blowing on games like i remember like angrily 
forcefully blowing into a, <laughs> into a, <laughs> and, a game and like so frustrated that it kept mostly on like nes and and uh, yeah. super nintendo um so frustrated that i couldn't like continue my level or whatever um and yeah then sometimes they just never worked again and that was because of me because <laughs> probably I, because i blew spit into you were it. spitting <laughs> spitting all over the connectors it's yeah it's interesting like somehow we all knew oh you have to blow in your games but like that was before we were all you know on the internet doing stuff like how how did that become such a universal thing i don't know Uh, but every kid remembers doing that at one point or another yeah and that's something that my kids will never understand (laughs) maybe if you get them uh switch games that actually come on cartridges you can teach them to blow on the games when they don't work we also used to slam them into the consoles like uh you know the the way that uh old people now insert debit cards you'd like <laughs> it'll work it'll work if i just slam it in really fast for some reason uh-huh i did that too yeah just with, shove it in with force yeah and the nes had that thing where you pushed it in and then pushed it down and i remember like sort of bapping that down at different frequencies to try and get that to work there was, there was many tricks that there we would... many tricks that I don't think ever worked. No, none of them did. It was all pure luck. I also had a TV that you had to turn on, then turn off, then turn on, and then wait 20 minutes, and then you could play NES on it. I remember <laughs> figuring out the tricks to that really well. And I mean, that was like, I don't know when, almost 30 years ago, I still remember like the exact tricks to turn that TV on. Wow. That's strange, the things you remember. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) The next Steam review really made me chuckle. This one says, I've never played it, but Steam wants me to review it, so I recommend it. What? (laughs) That sort of reminded me of those um, reviews you see on, like, Best Buy or something, any of those shopping things where it says, waiting for it to come in the mail, four out of five stars. It's not necessarily something you can take seriously. No. Nope. Thank you for you know thank you for the review <laughs> uh, this person said in all caps i'm not afraid to say that i genuinely have fun when i play this game even though a lot of it is stinky <laughs> i mean i agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like somebody was threatening them maybe like you better not say this stinky game is good <laughs> uh, I, i'm not really sure what was going on in that person's head i think just maybe their caps lock was stuck <laughs> Uh, and then finally, uh, this one was about the impossible lair. It said, why would you make a game that's meant to be impossible? That's so dumb, but whatever, I'm epic, so it's not impossible for me, idiot developers. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, sound like, uh, you know, that might be a 12-year-old. Yeah, it takes all sorts to mm-hmm. review Steam games, apparently, uh, but there was some real good ones in, in these batches. Yeah, well, you know how to find them. Yep. Uh, so so that's it. Like I said, generally well reviewed from you know the people that could string a sentence together. Um, <laughs> let's uh, talk about sort of what we thought on our weird metrics that we've made up that keep evolving. Um, so first, I'll ask you what you think they did well, and you can just kind of we'll just talk about both of them at the same time, I guess. Sure. Um... Well, I mean, they uh, they did really well at, you know, s- sending me back. 
um, making me feel like I was playing on the 64 again. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, was, they were cute games to play. Like, uh, it's hard. I don't, I didn't, I didn't love them. So (laughs) it's hard to, (laughs) to you know, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, they, they were well designed. I liked, you know, the overworld stuff and the way that they hid some of the, you know, collectibles and that kind of stuff. Um, there was something in the second game where you could like change the level by freezing it in the overworld and going oh, back I did like in. That. that was really cool. I, I liked that a lot. Um, and I, I really liked kind of the art style and the graphics and stuff. Uh, and, you know, the music, all that stuff. It just, it did have that nostalgia. Um, and it, it's sort of, it's funny cause it's sort of the game that you remember those games being, even though they weren't actually that nice looking or whatever. Uh, what about what they did poorly? Maybe you'll have a lot more to say about this. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't keep my attention very well. Um, as we've already said a few times, it just, you know, the games were good. They just weren't for me. Um, and you know the, the characters themselves were clunky they didn't feel like they offered a whole lot um they weren't super fun to to control um i want to like when i'm playing a character i want to feel like you know i want to feel powerful you know what i mean um, yeah and i didn't feel very powerful playing the lizard and the bat in either game yeah i agree i it's hard to really put my finger on what I didn't like about these games because they were good on paper. Um, that there was just something about the movement in both of them that I didn't love, mm-hmm. and that was probably ninety percent of it for me. Like if the movement was better, I think I would have liked these games a lot more because I was actually excited for both of them, and then I played them and I just was like, "Yeah, they're good," and there was no real reason, like the nothing that I could nail down. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had lots of secrets, which I usually find fun, but the secrets I found a little bit boring, um, or annoying to get where it's like, oh, you gotta, you miss and you have to start the level over. You got to run around a whole thing. And because the movement's not super fun, having to redo something is just frustrating. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, and, and again, I'm spoiled by Nintendo, I think. Like, Nintendo's just so good at making these kind of games. Oh, they do it so well. Yeah, just playing, like, you know, the Yoshi games have all these cool secrets in them that are really fun. The Donkey Kong games, lots of really fun secrets. The Mario games are just so fun to control that it just, it makes it really hard to play anything else, I think. Yeah, it does. Hard to to enjoy any other developers um, when you've been spoiled. Yeah. You need to stop playing Nintendo games. <laughs> or stop playing anything else. Well, or that, yeah. Um, normally I'd ask you here what you thought of the length, but neither of us finished either of these games, so I would say length is irrelevant. lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, I don't know if these games are super long. Uh, I don't know. We'll leave that to somebody beat them and you can write in and let us know whether they were too long or not yes it's not for us to say uh similarly i guess we talked about this a little bit but like how addictive was it obviously not very much not at all yeah i 
I never felt addicted. And in fact, it was the opposite where I, I want to play them in theory and I have a hard time going back to them yeah, or just you, sort of bringing even, myself to do it. Well, even while I was playing it, I was thinking, how long do I have to do this? <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what you want in a game. No, so no, but, uh, you know, they weren't, they it weren't is difficult. what it is. They weren't difficult. Yeah. They weren't frustrating. They were just, you know. I found the second one a little difficult and frustrating at times, but I think it was mostly like, I don't know, just, just trying to get the secrets. If you're just trying to beat the level, it's not that bad, but trying mm-hmm. to get the secrets. There was a lot of spots where, you're, you know, there's an enemy coming at you and you have to jump on the enemy's head and bounce up to get a secret. And if you miss the enemy, that's it. That was your shot. You got to go back to the checkpoint or whatever. Um, and I found that frustrating. Yeah, I just passed those parts. I wasn't trying to get secrets. I, I, there was a few secrets I got by accident, and there was a couple times that I would try again to get uh, a secret because I knew how to get it. Um, yeah. But most of the time, I was just trying to get to the end. And there, yeah, there was a couple of parts where you had to have some well-timed jumps, but I didn't find it terribly difficult. Yeah, and they were pretty forgiving, too, on the um, damage, like with the first one i think you had a health bar but in the second one when you'd get hit you would you you would lose the bat and he would fly around and you could actually jump up and touch him and it would get give it back um so that was kind of your two hits and once you had once you lost the bat you could only take one hit and then you were back to a checkpoint but a Um, lot like donkey kong you could get the bat back by you know you're not finding a barrel with diddy kong in it but you are uh there was something i forget what it was right something yeah that you touched that gave you the bat back yeah if you if he did fly away before you touched him you'd usually right. find him again pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and there was also quite a few checkpoints like it you know in those older games i think it was just one halfway point but in this i think there were several checkpoints per level yes uh, so I, I think you know if as long as you don't care too much about uh the collectibles i think you won't find this too terribly frustrating no i I wouldn't i did see a lot of comments um in the reviews for the second one though about the final level being really hard so i I guess it was a real ramp up in difficulty and that really frustrated some people sure Uh, but i didn't get that far so i don't know we'll never know it was interesting actually the way that the the final level works so in that game you could go play the final level right away but it was nearly impossible and then you would go and beat all the other levels and while you were beating the other levels you were finding i forget what it was it was something that would let you basically take a free hit in the final level they were so the more of them you did okay yeah and you'd find these bees and each one gave you a hit so you know if you found 50 of them you could get hit 50 times or something like that and they all flew around you as like a protective shield. They were your your bee army that you were freeing. Yeah, so that, that I mean that's again like kind of a neat mechanic, but it sort of sounds like it didn't really work if everybody <laughs> found it frustrating. So I don't know. Maybe they whether didn't whether have that's good or bees. bad. Yeah, maybe they may well yeah, maybe they were all just jumping into the final level right off right off the bat and then being like this game's hard. I don't care for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? All right, well, uh, let's give them a rating out of 10, uh, starting with the first one. So, ukulele. Ukulele. Um, my rating would be a 
six. Yeah, I think I'd probably be about the same. I think you know it. It's a it's a solid game, but it just wasn't perfect. Like there was just a little little bits here and there that just brought those numbers down. Yeah. Yep. Definitely agree with that. Uh, what about the second one? Um, I I would give that one a five. Yeah, I think I would bump the second one up to like a seven. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of fun, but it, it might be. Well, there was just, a lot of opinion in my in my uh, rating as well. Oh yeah, For personal but, opinion. That's what this. Yeah, is. I think we definitely all of our ratings are personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it, I just kind of like two D platformers more, and that's probably really the only reason I would rate this one higher than the other one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's all I've got to say about that. Um, well, I wanted wanna... to, yeah, I wanted to try something different that we've not done before. And I, it fits really well with um, our episode this week is that I want to uh, try and put all of your game knowledge to the test um, with the very first uh, edition of Devs Gamer Fun Time Quiz Time. Can't wait. <laughs> So I have gone to uh, BuzzFeed uh, for a uh, only true 90s kids will get 11 out of 14 (laughs) on this video game quiz. Um, And Uh, we're going to try and see how many of these you get correct. You know, Um, the 90s was a long time ago, right? I do. Yeah. But I mean, you're a 90s kid and you've been a gamer since, you know, since games. So (laughs) let's try it. I think you'll do fine. Um, I won't time you on this one, but I did think it would be fun to have like a, like a fast, like how many can you get lightning round round in an amount of time, but no, we'll just keep it simple. So let's begin. Which year was Sonic the Hedgehog released? Oh man. If you want the years, I will give you four options. Dates are rough. Oh, uh, before you give me the options, I'm going to say 1991. Okay. If that's incorrect, I will take the options. That is correct. Good nice. job. The first ever Sonic the Hedgehog game was released in the early 90s, 1991. Um, which games console games console was it released on? That was on the Sega Genesis. And that is also correct. Fun fact, the Sega Genesis was first released in Japan on October 29th, 1988, the year I was born. Um, also, October 29th, that is uh, like five days after I was born. Isn't that fun? Um, who was the main villain in the Crash Bandicoot franchise? Oh man, I didn't play much of that. Mm. It was like he was like a Doctor Robotnik type. It was like a knockoff. I want to say. Uh, is it like a? Is he like a professor something or doctor something or? Yes, it is Doctor Something. If you don't have the name, I will. I will. I will give you Doctor Something. His name is Doctor Neo Cortex. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I didn't play really any of those games. Yeah, I didn't play them a whole lot. But do you know what the name of Crash Bandicoot's sister is? I didn't know Crash Bandicoot had a sister. <laughs> is this a bonus question? Or? Yes, it is. Is it Sasha, Lizzie, Coco, or Chrissy? Oh, man. Uh, Sasha sounds like a 90s name. Wrong. It's Coco. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last Super Mario game released in the 90s? Oh, it would have been Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine. I want to say Mario 64, which I think was in 97. Final answer? Yeah. That's correct. 
When Mario Sunshine, I think, was in 2001. Super Mario 64 was first released by Nintendo in 1996. Oh, I was off on the year, though. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) That wasn't the question. (laughs) No, you're doing great so far. All right. Which fighting video game franchise is the home of character Nina Williams? Ooh, I'm not big on fighting games. Mm. Nina Williams. The only ones I really know much about is like Mortal Kombat, a little bit about Street Fighter, and that name doesn't sound familiar. I have the options if you want. You can have four options. All right, I'll take them. All right, so the options are Tekken, Street Fighter, Virtua Fighter, or Soul Calibur. I'm going to say it's either Tekken or Virtua Fighter. I'm going to go with Virtua Fighter. Incorrect. It was Tekken. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about either of those games. (laughs) Nor do I. Uh, But here's another one about Tekken. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. In Tekken, what is the name of Jin Kazama's mother? Uh. Jan Kazama. Uh, is it Azu- Azuka, Megan, June, or Unknown? Oh, I got to go with Unknown. That seems that's just dangling there. Mm, wrong. It's June. Uh, I almost said that All right, after the other three. Get out of the uh, the fighter game franchise. Uh, which horror game, which horror video game franchise came first? Resident Evil, Doom, Silent Hill, or Dino Crisis? Two. I think Resident Evil was 96. Doom would have been in 93, I think. And I have no idea about the other two. I'm going to say Doom. Correct. Originally released on December 10th, 1993. The first game was later rebooted in 2016. I know that because of this podcast, because I have it as a thing to do someday to play 93 Doom and 2016 Doom. Oh, and get man. your thoughts on them. I've played 93 Doom. I used to play that on my dad's uh, Windows 95 computer. Nice. He played it. Uh, I used to watch him, and then I played it a little bit when I got a little bit older. Um, and on this BuzzFeed, there's a GIF of uh, of the shotgun blowing somebody up, <laughs> and there's just blood dripping from the ceiling, yeah. and it's bringing me back, really bringing it's, me back. I played it recently, and it's actually still fun. Yeah, and it's like you know, like we were just talking about it. It's it just feels good to play still, mm-hmm. and it was actually a really good time. They did a good job in '93. Uh, you said you played a lot of Pokemon. What is the first region of the Pokemon world called? Uh, the first region. I could name you all 150 probably, but uh, is it Kanto? It is Kanto. Well done. That's the only region I know. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was that one. Uh, This one requires a photo, um, so I am just going to describe it. I named this video game character. Uh, He is a purple little dragon. uh, Is it Spyro? And it is Spyro. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact. Some of these are a lot harder than the others. Some of them are. Uh, Fun fact, the original game went on to sell a total of 5 million copies worldwide. All right. Um, this one's going to be hard. Uh, can you name this iconic duo? I'm definitely going to have to send you a photo because I cannot <laughs> describe these. Uh, we will cut out the time it takes me to figure out how to send this to you. <laughs> name this iconic duo. I don't have it yet. Oh. That, I think, is Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. 
Leon and Claire is correct. I did not know that. <laughs> Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield are the main characters of Resident Evil 2. Best-selling Resident Evil game for a single platform, shipping over 5 million copies on PlayStation. That's recently been remastered, too. I haven't played it yet, but it looks pretty cool. You are uh, impressing me and <laughs> and all of our listeners. I've only got into Resident Evil in... Uh, I started with Resident Evil 4, uh, which starred Leon. Oh, right. So I know a bit about the older games, but not a ton. I know nothing, and I hope I don't ever have to know <laughs> Someday. <laughs> In the first Super Smash Brothers video game, how many playable characters are there? Oh, man. It started with eight, but then I think you could unlock four more. So I'm going to say 12. 12 is correct. Well done. Um, and in the original Tomb Raider, released in 1996, who is the main villain? That is a game I never played and know very little about. Uh, I can give you the options. Okay, give me the options. We have a Marco Bartoli, Larson Conway, Werner Von Croy, and Jacqueline Natla. Werner Von Croy sounds like something I've heard before, so I'm going to go with that. It is Werner Von Croy, and that is wrong. It was (laughs) Jacqueline Natla. Uh, Okay. I didn't know that one either. Um, but you did score 9 of 13. Oh, no. You didn't get 11. I'm not a, I'm not a true 90s kid. I need to send back my card. No, but you did score better than 77% of all other quiz takers. Yeah, but how many of them were born in the 90s? We will never or, know. I guess I wasn't born in the 90s. How many of them lived through the 90s? Yeah, I, I don't have that data. Um, I do <laughs> Come have, on, BuzzFeed. I do have this Give me little, some analytics. This little tidbit here that says that you showed some good knowledge, but not nearly enough to make me believe you're a true 90s kid. Better luck next time. <laughs> Until then, game over. Oh, no. Yeah, my uh, PlayStation knowledge is lacking a little bit. There was a lot of PlayStation stuff in here, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. I know a lot more about Nintendo from that era. Well, last, I'll give you a bonus question. What's Luigi's favorite food? Uh, pizza? I, I don't know if that's correct. I think I have to answer all the questions <laughs> in order to find out. <laughs> I think there was a, there was something from like the Mario movie or the TV show or something about them eating pizza, but I don't remember what it was. Well... Uh, I'm clicking through all the answers just to find out so we don't uh, leave any of our listeners um, wondering. Um, And we're almost there. Luigi's favorite food is pizza. Hey. You got that one right. (laughs) Well then, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Um, I'm not really streaming a whole lot on Twitch right now. I'm not probably going to get back to it, but for now, just uh, catch up on all the old streams by subscribing to YouTube, to No Time to Game on YouTube. How about that? Uh, you I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. We, I didn't tell you what you're going to play next week or oh, for the next month. Rewind. What are we playing <laughs> next month? So I'm going to start you on the path to your horror journey um, oh God. with some really, really mildly creepy games um these are not i wouldn't even call these horror games um despite the names 
Uh, but I'm going to get you to play Limbo and Little Nightmares, which are both... Limbo's a, a, like a 2D kind of side-scrolling thing. Little Nightmares is, I think, kind of 3D, but 2D looking. Okay. Um, so you can move up and down, but it's still primarily kind of a side-scroller. Mm. Um, and both are more about the story and just kind of going through these areas and stuff. Um, but they're both just like kind of creepy. So that's going to give you uh, some stuff to do in September and lead nicely, I think, into our October spooky game. Oh, I'm curious about the October spooky game, but um, we'll save that for next time. I will play Little Nightmares. I will play Limbo. We will talk about it, and I will have some nightmares of my own. Um, But that is going to be it for this week's episode. As I said, catch up on the old streams by subscribing to No Time to Game on YouTube or join the Discord server with the link in the podcast description for any announcements or just general chit-chat. You can also send us an email, uh, questions, comments, game suggestions to notimepod at gmail.com. Thank you for continuing to listen and coming back uh, to No Time to Game. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can be notified of all of the upcoming episodes. Press X to skip the credits. <laughs>